This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Well, uh, we're back here. It's uh, Wednesday. Uh, we're going uh, oh, uh, live today. And um, of course, this will go to YouTube channel, NBCC Narco, and you can download it and listen to it also. Um, but um, today we're going to continue. I've been, I diverted from verse by verse, and we're doing uh, topical. And we're in the third of four weeks on how to fight fair. It's about relationships and how to fight fair with each other. But let me just begin with a little story. Um, there was a pastor, and he went to visit a little old silver-haired lady who could no longer make it to services. Uh, she was just unable. You know, she got older. It's just very difficult. And so he comes to her house, and he's sitting there in the living room waiting for her. She doesn't come out yet. They open there. And he sees a bowl of peanuts. And he starts eating the peanuts, and he eats the next peanut, and pretty soon he eats all the, he eats all the peanuts. And then finally she comes out, and they have a great visit. And then he gets up to leave. He says, I, I got to go now. He says, oh, and by the way, I just want to tell you, I ate all your peanuts in that bowl. I will replace them. Don't worry. I'm very sorry that I ate them all. To which she said to him, oh, don't worry about it. You know, ever since I lost my teeth, all I do is suck off the chocolate. <laughs> uh, now that story has nothing to do with anything I'm going to talk about today, but I thought it was a pretty good story. So the idea today on how to fight fair is in relationships, we need to love the other person more than we love our personal opinion. That's a tough one, huh? I need to love the other person more than I love my personal opinion. Now, how do I do that? How do I love uh, my friends or my spouse and you know more than my personal opinion? And I'm in the context of when we're in a, a rough, tough debate and you know things that might be getting a little, little heated there. Well, let me give you I'm gonna give you about four things, okay? And they're very practical and I think they'll help. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is how do I love the other person more than love my opinion. Well, I, you got to find out what you agree want, agree on, and give it a hundred percent. Now, this is called the hundred and one percent principle, where you find the one percent you can agree on. Give it a hundred percent. Now, I think one of the best examples of this that I've seen, and you know, I'm a movie guy, um, is that movie, the Remember Remember the Titans. It's based on a true story. It's set in uh, Alexandria, Virginia at T.C. Williams High School. And it was during the time in 1970 where doing a lot of integration in the public school system. I remember they did that here also. Um, but um, so you're bringing people together that are, they do not come together. And there's a lot of tension and there's fighting on all kinds of things. Now the one thing, it's because they had nothing in common, but the one thing they did have in common was football. They were all part of this football team as they were integrating this public school. And guess what? As time went on, they started to gel because they agreed on one thing, football. And because of that thing they agreed on, they started to find out things about each other. They became very good friends. Some of them became best friends for life. And in that season, they go on to win state title, and they also won the fictitious national title. 
because it all started with one thing they could agree on. Now, see, Olivia and I, we don't agree on everything. It'd be great if she agreed with me on everything, but we don't agree on everything. Nobody does. But we don't focus our relationship on the things we don't agree on. We focus it on what we do agree on. So let me ask you a question out there. Why do some people and why do some couples put so much emphasis and spend so much time dialoguing and fighting over what they disagree on? Why? And only you can answer that question for yourself. So the second thing about how to love uh, the person over our opinion is, is do your best to understand the other person's position. Do your best to understand the other person's position. Now, I'm going to read from James chapter 1, verse 19. And you probably know this verse. It's a well-known verse. It's a, it's a great verse. Um, verse 19 of James 1 says, This you know. He says, you know this, guys. My beloved brethren. So he's talking within the realm of Christians. But everyone must be, not maybe should be, cannot could you, no, must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Mm, that's some very, very good wisdom right there. Now, he says, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. The word hear, H-E-A-R, hear, literally means to be an audience. Now, let me explain to you what, what I think he's telling us. I enjoy, I don't get to it often, but I enjoy going to see a stage play. Uh, I, I love it. I've seen The Phantom of the Opera three, maybe four times, but I know three times for sure. And uh, I, I just love it. I love when Michael Crawford would come out back in those days and sing softly, gently, light unfrozen splendor. Oh man, I was just like, I felt like I was the phantom at that time. And I would sit there and it'd be so awesome. Now, when he's doing this and when they're saying their dialogue, in the audience, there at the Pantages, I didn't stand up and start screaming or talking loud over their dialogue and what's going on. No, I didn't do that. I listened. I'm in the audience. And because I listened and I was part of the audience, I, can, I could repeat back Michael Crawford's words as the phantom. I could sing the songs because I know those words. You see, in a conversation, would James, the half-brother of Jesus, saying this? Be the audience. Be quick to hear. And one of the ways you know you're quick to hear is this. Can you repeat back what that person has said to you. And if you can't, probably not listening. You know what our problem is? I know it's my problem at times. We reverse James 1.19. Instead of being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, we reverse it. In a conversation, we get angry, and you see plenty of this in America right now. And that's because they're emotionally children. You've heard me say that on Sundays plenty of times. But we start, we get angry. We just start talking. And we don't listen to a thing anybody says. And that is so sinful. That's just immoral. And it's not mature at all. The mature person 
follows what the half-brother of Jesus said. He says, be quick to hear. Be an audience. Therefore, be slow to speak. And therefore, you're going to be slow to anger. Man. Now, let me give you a little insight. You know what one of my biggest problems is when I'm in, in a debate with somebody or when I'm going back and forth? And maybe you have this problem. And this, James 119 really affects this. I tend to, while the other person is talking, I tend to prepare, prepare and form my rebuttal. I'm preparing it in my head as they're talking. What does that mean? It means I'm not listening. I'm valuing my opinion over theirs. It doesn't mean I um, nullify my opinion or what I think at all, and I don't have to agree with somebody, but it means I'm not listening. And if I'm going to value them, I need to listen to what they're saying. I should be able to repeat, repeat back much of what they're telling me in, in this conversation. Now, watch what an Old Testament verse, it's uh, Ecclesiastes um, chapter 5, says, says this, and it's verse, verse 1, it says this, Ecclesiastes 5.1. Guard your steps as you go, to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. The sacrifice of fools is to be hasty in words you find in the next verse, but the sacrifice of fools for they do not know they are doing evil. Now, what, now think what they, what's he saying to us here? He says, when I come to God, when I come to the house of God, because now we're going to apply it in God and God's, when I come there, I need to come with an attitude to listen. Not form my rebuttals in my head. You ever wonder <clears throat> how much of God you and I miss out on and what he's trying to maybe communicate to us because we're just not going to listen? You ever wonder that? You ever wonder when, when a message is being presented, we've already performed, oh, I don't, in our head we've got a rebuttal and we discard it. Oh. We say, no, no, no. You know, that's what's going on here. We're not listening in God's house. We're hasty in our thinking. No, I don't agree with that. I'm not for me. And really the problem in that moment, guess what it is? I'm saying, I know better I know better than God's word. Let me give you a little hint, a little secret. No, you don't. No, do, neither do I. God's word is true and he knows better than you and I. When we form the rebuttal in our head against God's word, you and I, you and I now are operating in our flesh, not in the spirit. We're letting the old nature now lead our lives. And that's like taking a train. Instead of being led with the engines, it's being led with the caboose. You never see a caboose pulling a train. You see the engine pulling a train. We are led by spiritual things. Jesus said of the Word of God, the, this word here is spirit and it's life. So we're led by those spirit things. So <clears throat> we need to listen. Okay, so you're thinking, which I'm not good at listening. Okay, let me tell you a story. There was a Native American walking with a friend of his in downtown New York. The friend lived in, in New York City, so he's used to all the noise and everything else, and it's just loud, the cars. Have you ever walked down there when it's busy? It's just loud. And the, his friend, the Native American Indian who doesn't live there says, I heard a cricket. And his friend goes, a cricket? How could you, how could you hear a cricket amongst all the noise here in New York City, he goes, no, I heard a cricket. So, 
the Native American listening, and he goes around the corner, and there's this little planter with a plant, and, and he starts digging through the bushes, and he finds a cricket. And his friend's amazed. How in the world did you hear that? And the Native American says this. He says, my ears are no different than your ears. It simply depends on what you're listening for. And then he says, I'll show you. And he takes change, quarters, nickels, dimes out of his pocket, and he throws them on the sidewalk. When they hit the sidewalk in that loud, busy city and makes that sound, people stop and they look. And the, man's, the Native American says, see what I mean? It just depends what you're listening for. See, it's not that we're bad listeners. It depends what we're listening for. I'll give you an example. Some of you know this. When my kids were teenagers and I told them, go clean your room. No response. <laughs> they didn't hear a thing. But if I told them, here, here's $20, they'd come running. <laughs> because they're listening for that right there, right? It all depends what you're listening for. It's all, it all depends on that. We can all hear. We can all listen. Now, the third thing about loving others over my opinion is this. Encourage your response. Now, this is a lost art, though it should not be. Now, I want you to notice Jesus. In Matthew 17, 24, and uh, two verses only, I'm not going to use the whole context, uh, the whole story, but I'm going to pull out one little piece of it. It says in verse 24, Matthew 17, when they came to Capernaum, those who collected the two drachma tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? They're trying to catch Jesus and Peter and some. And Peter, and he said, yes, my, yes, he does. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, Peter, saying, what do you think, Simon, Simon, and Simon, Peter? What do you think, Simon? From who do the kings of the earth collect customs or poll tax? From their sons or from strangers? Now, Jesus is clarifying things, but I want to just extract one little thing in there of what just happened. What is Jesus encouraging? A response to his statement. He wants a response. See, some of us don't want a response. We just want people to do what we say and listen to what I tell. But that's not relationship. That's being a dictator, a controller. You're trying to force a situation. And controllers are very insecure people because the more you fight against a controller, the more insecure they get and the more they hammer down. That's just what a controller is. They have no maturity in them. Um, the, we won't go there, but just for the sake of that, I'll leave it at that. Now, <clears throat> How many of us, and you and me, you know, um, or how many of you, I should say, you just quit listening to whatever this certain person was telling you a long time ago because you knew it just didn't matter. You know, you, did, you quit responding because it just didn't matter. Because they just don't listen. Some of you out there know that feeling. Well, that's called a one-way relationship. You just kind of give up, like, why would I bother saying what I feel or what I think or my difference of opinion? They don't hear me. They, they, they don't, it's just the way, they just want their way. That's a one-way relationship. See, when we respond to a person with what they're saying in a loving manner, in a soft manner, that's two-way communication. That's communication.
And that's a great thing. Now, <clears throat> the fourth thing is this. Value them. To love the person over my opinion, I've got to value them. That's a big, big deal. See? Now, let's put it all together. When I listen to the other person, when I encourage a response, I'm, I'm, really, um, I'm really telling them that I value what they think. I value what they think, which gives them value. Okay, big question. Have you ever wondered, have you ever just thought how many people in our world, in our sphere of influence, at your job, people, you know, just don't feel valued. Hmm. You ever wondered that? I think we should. Let me give you an example of why this is important. I saw this movie. I'm a movie guy. I saw it about, um, it's probably 20 years old. It's called What Women Want with Mel Gibson. I don't know if you ever saw it, but um, I'll ruin it for you right now. <laughs> it was a funny movie, and and uh, Mel Gibson, you know, it's it's not it's fantasy. It, he it, he has the ability through he gets electrocuted, and he has the ability now to hear what all women are thinking in their mind. And he works at this high powered, high pressured marketing firm. And in the movie, there's this unassuming young girl. And she's kind of like a go-for, just to go do this, go do that. And yet she has a really good degree in this area. And one day, you know, because everybody walks by her, they don't notice her. And, and one day, Mel Gibson, because he can hear what women think, he hears what she's thinking. And her thinking is basically saying, no one would really know if I wasn't around anymore. No one would really care. No one even notices me. And it stops him in his tracks, in the busyness of his life. And he basically tells her, you know, you're doing a good job. We really need you in this and that. And, and, and it changed her because he noticed. Somebody noticed me, which means somebody valued her. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. In, in relational communication with the person, let's say it's a, you're married to them or you're dating them or whatever it is, when you listen to them, when you encourage a response, when you can repeat back what they said to you, that is telling them that you value them. And value is important. Just like in that movie, giving her value just really changed her. It lifted her spirits. <clears throat> Do you know the main reason why value is important? Because every human being is of supreme value. And, uh, it's, and, and that's ripped from us through our culture, but every person is of supreme value. And let me show you why. Not what culture says, because they're, they're, that, those are meaningless words that go nowhere. They don't end up with real foundations. Let me show you why um, every person is of supreme value. I'm gonna go to 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 6.20, I should say. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, oops, I went a little bit too far there. And in 1 Corinthians uh, 6 and verse 20, it's a real well-known verse. It says this, <clears throat> For you, meaning you, me, every human being, for you have been bought with a price. 
Therefore, glorify God in your body. Now, that's a great verse with many things you could say out of it, but let me take the first part out of it. You have been bought with a price. Hmm. Every so often, I watch that uh, TV show. It's called the Barrett Jackson Auto Auctions, and they auction off like <laughs> cool antique cars and muscle cars from the past and cars I grew up with and cars that are older than when I was born. It's just great. And, 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 and the one thing you learn from the show is this. You learn how to determine what something is worth or valued at. You know what the answer to that is? How you know what something's worth? Whatever someone is willing to pay for it. That's what something's worth. Now you take that truth, that's a, that's a reality. And you realize that Jesus said, you've been bought with a price. There's been a, a price paid for you, your salvation, your life. And the hefty price was Jesus himself on the cross. So how much are you worth? A lot. Supreme value. And if we know that, if we understand that, that gives everyone value. And therefore, since everyone is so valuable, you and I, in any conversation, a debate, or fight, we need to kind of stop and, and hold, put the brakes on a little bit and realize that by listening to them, doesn't mean I have to agree with them or go with what they're saying, but by listening to them, being able to repeat back what they're saying, let them respond, I wanna hear a response to what I'm saying to you when I do all that, and I stay calm, Unlike the culture out there that's very immature, um, when I say calm, encourage all that, I give value to the other person. You take that, put it in a marriage, put it in a dating relationship, put it in your friendships at work, and you watch what happens. Watch what happens. See, because you're doing that, well, what you're doing is you're loving the other person more than your opinion, and we're to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, amen. I'm going to stop there, and we'll pick it up with the fourth part next week. I just hope this helps you. God bless you. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.